All right, Romans chapter 1 tonight. Romans chapter 1. Let me read you an introduction. We're going to look at humanism tonight now. We're going to look at our um, ethical dilemmas that face our society uh, over the next few weeks. And we'll, we'll take them, we'll piece them, try and look at them once, one in a week. But before we get there, we want to look at some ways of thinking that have affected us, right? And relative thinking has killed us. We can't think in straight lines as a generation. We think in fuzzy lines, right? Humanism, though, um, is something that has infected everything in our society and really I suppose ultimately is going to be the destruction of our society it's going to destroy it, it's going to uh, tear it it apart (coughs) now that shouldn't frighten us as Christians we know that this world is not going to last forever and we know that cultures don't last forever Uh, we understand that and we know that Uh, but we're living in a particular day and we can either look at the day around us and you know we can be terrified of what's happening or we can understand our father is at work he will never let go the reins of the whole thing and he will achieve his ends in the end of it and I think as we look to a society that really uh, is pushing the limits and the boundaries and coming to the place where it's going to collapse uh, what we need to understand is that our loving father loves mankind and wants to save them and sometimes he does the work of salvation in the darkest of days in fact more often he does them in dark days uh, than he does in bright days so what we're going to look at tonight uh, is is not exactly fun it does help us to understand what's going on and the, the challenge to us is twofold first of all get our own thinking straight don't let this thinking that the world has infect our thinking and the second thing is then speak about it gently quietly but with strength and on sure ground speak about it all right let me read your introduction then then we'll read romans chapter one right or part of romans chapter one many have commented upon the moral deterioration of our civilization western civilization has entered a period of breakdown from which it may never recover the end of the Roman Empire was a minor event compared with what we behold. We are looking at the liquidation of what is known as the modern world. Since the time of Christ, there has been no period in which there has been the same feeling of spiritual impoverishment. We are living in times comparable to the decline and fall of the ancient kingdoms of Israel and Judah. While all may appear prosperous on the surface, as it did in the days of Jeroboam uh, the second in the, nor- in the northern kingdom of Israel, there is a real danger of national collapse. Jeroboam the second reign was a time in which Israel extended her borders further than at any period following the days of Solomon. It was a time of ease and prosperity, but at the same time on the horizon was a Syria that would eventually swallow up Israel. Uh, When a nation sows immorality, it must eventually reap the consequences. When a nation sows immorality, it must eventually reap the consequences. Uh, Billy Graham said in the 60s, he said that if God did not judge America he would have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, listen, Europe is definitely not better than America. If God does not judge us, he's going to have to uh, apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. So it's coming. It's going to happen. We don't understand that, but we need to understand that our God's still in charge. 
that we're not looking uh, at this time when everything's out of control, because God's always going to be in control. Right? Romans chapter 1. <clears throat> I'm going to start with verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, verse 18 is a, <clears throat> a very powerful word, but sometimes, but sometimes we miss what it's saying. It's talking about this. It's talking about men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. And the idea of hold it is they suppress it. They hold it back. They don't let it out. They don't let it have its, have its way. And then there's, there's truth in our day and age that's suppressed. And people are fed a lie. Right? And they've been fed a lie so long that they've swallowed the lie. And now we have a generation that will aggressively defend the deception because they've swallowed it so deeply. Point in fact, you try and argue about um, evolution with somebody today. And to be honest with you, for the most part, they won't even hear what you're saying. Yes, you know, there is no other argument as far as they're concerned. They're convinced in their minds. It's scientific. Everybody's convinced about it. So there's nothing to argue about, so they won't even listen to you. They have their minds made up about it. Now, what happened was, some people who knew better sold a lie. By the way, um, evolution was presented as a theory. It was not presented as a truth. It was presented as a theory. How did it get from the place of being a theory to the place of scientific fact? People pushed it. We're going to see what, what, what was happening in some of that tonight, right? Um, <clears throat> because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Right? Now, <clears throat> always understand that it doesn't matter who you're talking to, where they are or where they're coming from, God has manifest truth to them. They may have suppressed it, stuffed it down, refused to believe it, but God has manifested truth to them. <clears throat> you don't have to convince people that there is a God. You can't. But the reality is you don't need to because they already know. When the Bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no God, uh, he has said in his heart, he has told himself there is no God. It's very convenient for a modern man to come to the place where he believes there's no God. It actually helps him with his life because he can then he can do what he likes, free to do what he likes. I, we'll see that tonight too. Uh, for the invisible things from him are... For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Right? So the power of God is evident from his creation. But man, knowing that, decided not to be thankful, decided not to give God his, his proper place. And this is individual man as well as collective. Decided not to be thankful, decided that he wasn't going to give God his rightful place, and so his foolish heart was darkened. Now, <clears throat> when his foolish heart is darkened, he has a hard time uh, seeing and understanding anything about God. But it happens because when he knows God, he's not willing to recognize him as God. Right? <clears throat> Professing themselves to be, wise, to be wise, they became fools. 
And think about it. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay? Now, there is no other beginning of wisdom. The Bible is an absolute book. When it says something, it means truth. Uh, Trinity College is not the beginning of wisdom. You know, um, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The basic understanding, the basic, basic growing point for wisdom is that you come to fear the Lord. If I fear the Lord, i.e., I know He's in charge. He created it all. It's all in His hands. And I, <clears throat> I, I live under Him. It's not quivering, quaking fear. It's that understanding. He's in charge of the whole thing. That's the beginning of wisdom. I begin to build wisdom in my life. Uh, on that basis. If I remove that basis from it, I've removed the most basic equation that leads to wisdom, and I can't be wise. So thinking themselves to be wise, having removed God from the equation, God says they became fools. <clears throat> they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. So, so what does man do when he removes God from the picture? Can man live without a God? Can he? So what kinds of God does man have? Pardon? Muni. Okay. He can have, <coughs> he can have um, idols. Yeah, false idols. What about man himself? Is it possible for man... To make man himself an idol? That's basically what humanism has done. It has made man the idol. Man is it. Man is the center of everything. Everything uh, is about man. So when he removed God, the creator, he put himself in a place where he made the creation his God. Now listen, people are clever. People are talented. People, you know, can do great things. But they make terrible gods. And, and mankind, as a race, makes a terrible god. And yet that's where we are today. Foolish hearts are darkened, and man has become uh, the god in the situation. <clears throat> Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own heart to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And <clears throat> I'm not going to you know, or break this all up piece by piece. But, but let me put it this way, right? That <clears throat> immorality, right? <clears throat> and lasciviousness, that's kind of the embracing of immorality, right? <clears throat> what it does is, it makes people foolish. It really is not the way for people to live. It's neither clever nor a convenient way to live. And what happens is that when people live that way, what they do is they come rapidly to the place where they live very foolishly. You know, it's not a good way to live. Right? And that, that, that's what happens. When man refuses to anchor himself in the truth of the reality of God, he gets cut loose in his head and he makes man the God, and then man can do whatever it is that pleases him that makes him happy, and so he does. But it makes him more foolish. He becomes a slave to himself, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women to change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And by the way, that's ex what that's talking about is exactly what you think it's talking about. 
You know, it's not talking about, it's not some hidden meaning. It's, it's, it's talking about exactly that. And likewise also, the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of the error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, <coughs> God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And here's what we've got in our humanistic society. We've got, not only do people do wickedly, but what they want is, they want other people doing wickedly too. They want to promote wickedness. Now, that's a huge change in the space of a few decades. There's always been sin. But for the most part, in humanity, people have known sin was sin and it was something that they did quietly to themselves because they didn't want to make, make a big noise about it because it was shunned. In our day and age society has been forced to embrace through tolerance that whatever somebody else wants to do, they want to do, that's fine and therefore everybody is sucked into it. So what you've got is you've got not only people doing wickedly but people taking pleasure in and promoting wickedness. Right, that's a word of prayer and then we'll begin. Father, would you bless us tonight as we look to you, Lord. Uh, Lord, we want to understand the way our world works, but Lord, we want to understand you. And Lord, we want to be able to help people too. So Lord, would you bless us and help us in Jesus' name. Amen. But John Dewey, <coughs> he says that he's the father of education, right, uh, in America. He's a huge effect on education all around the world. But it's 1933. Okay, you've got, in 1850, you've got Darwin coming in with this theory of evolution. It's gained traction uh, by now. And then you've got the First World War. And the First World War took so many lives that people felt like everything was unraveled on the head of it. And ultimately, for a lot of people, God had failed. How could this happen? All the old presuppositions were, were gone. You also have a scientific knowledge that's beginning to, uh, to gain traction as well. Um, <clears throat> Darwin has unleashed all that stuff. And so, uh, you know, y y y you've had, y you know, higher criticism coming from Germany, which has kind of undermined the scripture and very few people really able to effectively defend it uh, against, <clears throat> against uh, evolution. And so, so what you've got is you've got a day when there's a huge gap of four people. And then humanism comes in. And humanism basically has the idea that it's going to actually replace God, that man's going to do a better job than God. Okay? Now they've had to revise this two times after this. The Second World War obviously blew a hole in it. Because remember, humanism was supposed to create a situation where man was doing a better job than God was doing, and the Second World War was worse than the First World War. So it wasn't really working. So they had to revise it, and then they've revised it more recently. Uh, again, just taken and changed some things in it. Uh, but what you've got here are basically the 12 basic tenets of it. Now what I want to do is I want to go through it, and I want to ask you to think about it. Because the whole, the whole idea of this is not for me to just project thinking on you, but for me to get you to actually think it through. 
for you to begin to think because the problem, one of the big problems in our day and age is what's happened is we've had a whole lot of false thinking shoved on us and we've swallowed it without thinking it through. And so we need to think it through. All right, so the first tenant, tenant uh, <clears throat> the universe is self-existing, not created. Okay, what's wrong with that statement? Pardon? Not true. not true. Why is it not true? Because God created the heavens and the earth, right? Okay, now, why would that be important to humanism? Well, sorry? Yeah, it eliminates God. Evolution eliminates God. That's the prime function of evolution, to eliminate God. There's no one to be accountable to. There's no one to answer to. And so, for humanism to gain traction at all, they had to first eliminate God. And the way you eliminate God is you say the universe is self-existing and not created. All right, then number two, man is the result of continuous, of a continuous natural process. What does that mean? What's that talking about there? Pardon? Okay, from the chemical soup bowl, man began to grow, and so man, evolution again, right? Now, but in humanism, it's got an extra dimension. I see, what humanism is saying is, listen, we were prehistoric monkeys, but we're growing, and we're understanding more, and we're getting a greater understanding on life, so therefore, we're much more capable than our forebears were. So when you, when you come up with the statement of, oh, hang on a minute, truth was this, and they say, yeah, truth was that. For people who knew no better. But we know better. We're, we're, we're growing. We're evolving. We're getting better and better all the time. What's wrong with that thought? Are we better? <laughs> how are we better? Okay, somebody, let, let, let's look at it. How are we better and how are we worse? And we'll say... Um, the people in Jesus' time. How are we better? Technology has advanced us, right, Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back to you, right? Vacuum cleaners, so focus on. Vacuum I said technology. Okay, and when it comes to science, okay, so, so, on you. Okay, right, we'll come to you in a second. That's going to be the second one. How are we not better, right? Okay, so technology, right, Jerry? There's more opportunities for education. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Do we know more? We do actually know more. Now, what, what more do we know? Technology. Okay, technology we know. What, what is the more that we actually know? Okay. Okay. Now, think with me for a second when it comes to understanding science and medicine and so on. What has man done in understanding those things? Has he created anything? What's he done? He sought the truth. He's unraveled what God did. Man is, man is continuously unraveling 
what God did. I mean, Einstein with his theory, theory of, revel- of relativity. I mean, did God sit in heaven and go, imagine that now. <sighs> Isn't he wonderful what he, under- what he understands? God knew that all along. God knew all, God knew all truth. All truth is there. So what man is doing is he's unraveling more and more of what God is doing. And really, you know, we only know this amount of it. So, yeah, there are some ways in which we're better off. We know, we know more, right? Now, what ways are we not better off? Anya, you said technology makes us lazy. That's true. You know what I mean? Uh, if you ask a, a, a kid now to tot up a line of sums, they can't do it. <laughs> they have technology to do that. They don't. They don't. And it does. It. It definitely affects us uh, in our thinking abilities. Now that's a. That's a, by the way. That's a very modern side of the whole thing. But but we're learning not to think at a rate that definitely uh, beats our forefathers. Um, oh, sorry. Bring your hand up. Okay. Okay. We, it's desensitized us. That's true. There's more to the des, to desensitizing us, though, just the, than just the fact of technology. But you're right. That it has desensitized us. All right. Anya. <laughs> By the way, uh, yeah, we are we are terribly dependent on technology. Um, they, they, they talk about EMPs. An EMP is a bomb that can actually just fry all the electrical systems, right? And the, the easiest way to destroy a society would be just to fry all our electric systems. I mean, your car wouldn't run. You'd have no water in your taps. You know. Um, your computer wouldn't work, obviously. Your fridge wouldn't work. You couldn't generate electricity. You, you, you can destroy a society. We're, we are hopelessly dependent upon our technology. <clears throat> right? so, so, so it's not true that we're actually better off now than we were. There's, there's, yeah, that in some ways we are. In some ways we're not. Right? In, in some ways you had a much more human uh, society that, than you do today, right? Um, you know, we can do more damage to our planet in a f- few minutes than Hitler could do in the four years he had. You know, so, so, so it's not true that we're actually, you know, we're, we're evolving so that we're better, nicer people. Uh, that's, that's just not true. And the problem with that kind of thinking is if you trust that and put your trust in people, you're in real danger. You're in real danger because, you know what, we're not better. And power corrupts. But what we're doing again is we're, we're centralizing power again. We're giving people more and more power uh, than they used to have, okay? <clears throat> All right, then. Mind is a projection of the body and nothing more. Now, let me help you with that one. Here's what they're saying. You're just an animal, okay? You have a mind and a body. They all go together, and they're not separate, 
right? In other words, you don't have a soul. There's nothing integrally you apart from your body. It's all one. Right? <clears throat> so the, the, there's nothing. Now, the drive is what we've been reading in Romans chapter 1, that the reality is, since we are just animals, and we are going nowhere, and we've no one to answer to, let's live it up and have fun. That's, re that's really what it's saying. Humanism is, let's, en let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy the ride. There's only now. Let's enjoy it. Right? <clears throat> okay. Man is molded mostly by his culture. Okay? Now, the opposite, what we would say is, and what we've just read I I in Romans is, no, uh -uh. man's got a conscience. And he's without excuse. And God puts some truth in him that he can't get away from. No matter what he does. But they say, no, 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 that's not true. Man is molded mostly by his culture. Now, is it true that we're molded by our culture? Yes. Of course it is. But it's not true that we don't have a conscience. And here's the thing about the conscience. The conscience is common across all the cultures. Everybody knows it's wrong to murder somebody. They may do it, but they know it's wrong. Everybody knows it's wrong to steal. But that conscience uh, goes right across culture. But what you're doing is you're removing anything bigger than man from the picture. Right? So man is molded mostly by his culture. And we're all kind of coming together and we're growing, we're getting better uh, in the whole picture. Right? Then there is no supernatural. Now, humanism is completely anti-supernatural. There's nothing supernatural. There's no ghosts, there's no demons, there's no God, there's no devil, there's no nothing. It's all, listen, if I can't empirically work it out, if I can't touch it and feel it and examine it, and make it then it doesn't exist. That, 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 that's humanism. Now, that's just plain not true about our world. You have to blind yourself to a whole bunch of stuff because there is a supernatural element out there uh, that is uh, <clears throat> definitely real. And we know as believers uh, that there's a God who's very real and there's angels and there's demons and there's uh, a devil who's very real too. But what you do is you, you remove all that from the picture there. Okay. <clears throat> Man has outgrown religion and any idea of God. That's one of the most arrogant statements I've ever read. <laughs> Man has outgrown religion and any idea of God. In other words, in the olden days, ah bless, they didn't know any better, so they had God. But we've outgrown all that. We don't need God anymore. We're in charge. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not want to live in a world where there's no God. The one thing that makes this world actually reasonable is God. I, do, I never want to be in the place where uh, some of these head the balls have actually control of the whole thing and there's no God uh, to second guess it and put things in place. But that's where they've come to. Man has outgrown it. We don't need it anymore. We've outgrown it. Okay, Matt, Vincent? Yeah. And our, our, our pride definitely gets going on that one, man. You know, he's outgrown. We yeah, bless those poor people. You know, they believed in Jesus and they believed in creation and so on. They didn't know any better. But we know. We're in the know, right? <clears throat> okay, man's goal is to develop his own personality. Right, so here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to become the best you that you can possibly be. Right? Uh, there's a book written 
by Joel Osteen, our friend that we talked about last week, right? Joel Osteen wrote a book, book and it's called Your Best Life Today. Now, I know he's coming from a Christian perspective, but you know what? That smacks so much, that title smacks so much of hu- humanism. Right? <clears throat> it's about you. And you see, ultimately, for humanists, for the humanists, God is removed from the picture and man is the center of the picture. But we'll talk about how humanism affects Christianity in a minute. And what we'll see is that humanism comes to the place where, where it's about man. Christianity is about man. No, it's not. It's about God. Man is secondary, you know, right? <clears throat> okay. Personality ceases to exist at death. Now, I don't know how anybody can really believe that, but they do believe it. They believe that, you know, you're going to hold the ground, that's the end of you. I, I, I've stood beside dead bodies. And the person is not there. They're somewhere, but they're not there. I've also buried dogs and cats. And you know what? They're gone. They're gone. They're finished. It's over. There's nothing more of them. You, you know, that, that, that's just it. But you know what? People are different. Now, understand that underlying this whole thing is people are not different. People are just animals. We're the highest form of animal for the time being, but we're just animals. And because we're just animals, you know, we cease to exist when we die. And that's very sad, but, you know, enjoy life while you've got it because you've only got it for the short time. And you're going to live on in the memory of people who knew you, but that's it. You're done. You're gone. You're finished. It's over. I mean, it's pretty grim when you think about it, right? <clears throat> Problems will be solved by man looking within himself and to the natural world. What's wrong with that? It doesn't work. I tell you what, we, we, we have solved some problems. By the way, many of the scientists that solved problems were believers. They believed in God. <clears throat> but we have solved some problems, but we've also created some problems. How are we going to deal with the nuclear bomb? It's out there. It's alive. You know, um, America and Russia are in a standoff. Nobody's going to fire a bomb because it means everybody gets destroyed, so they, they hold it back. Um, do you think ISIS have the same qualms about firing a nuclear bomb as soon as they get their hands on one? I mean, do you honestly think Iran, that have vowed they're going to annihilate Israel, that they, do you think if they get a nuclear bomb, they're going to say, well, we're not going to do this because it would just cause so much damage and too many people would die. Do you think that's, that's really going to happen? So it's out there. We've developed technology. That, and what we've done is we've unleashed uh, a genie that we can't put back in the box. Sooner or later, somebody's going <clears> to <throat> uh, be crazy enough uh, to let one fly. That's... Uh, you know, that's just reality. There's no way to keep it. I mean, you can have all the, all the um, intelligence agencies that you like working on keeping it from happening, and that's what they're doing. Uh, but sooner or later, somebody's going to get one. I mean, <clears throat> I believe you can, you, you can find on YouTube how to make a, an atomic bomb. Iran are just there. You know, if they're not there, they're just there with, with making their atomic bomb. You know, so <clears throat> sooner or later, somebody's going to start a war that will destroy the world. Because once it gets going, how are they going to stop it? Right? So, 
Man solving problems by looking within himself is of a very limited value. He's got problems that are bigger than anything he can solve. <clears throat> now, look at number 10. Religious institutions that impede this human development must be changed. Now, this guy Dewey, who's the founder of the American education system and has had an impact on, on, on everybody else, that's what he believed. He believed that any religious institution that impeded human development had to be changed. Now, how would a religious institution impede this human development? How would, how would somebody do that? Okay. What what have you what have you suggested? Okay. Okay. Talk about judgment. Talk about guilt. Now you're getting in the way of this. Because they want you to, to, to flower and blossom and be all that you can possibly be. And guilt and judgment don't have any part to play in that. Okay? What if you go around saying stuff like, you know, God created the world in six days and then the seventh day he rested. You pull the rug out completely out from under the whole thing. What you're doing then is you're harping back to a God that we don't need anymore. So, <clears throat> creationism is not taught in American schools. It's not taught in Irish schools either. They pay lip service to it, but you don't, you don't actually teach that. Now, understand this. You might, you might sit here and you might say, well, I, you know what, I have a hard time believing, believing creation. I, I really think you know, evolution is, is the better theory. It works better. You, you might possibly think that. But if you were honest, you would have to at least consent to the fact that... But you know what? Nobody was there. So creation may well be the way it happened. You know, for someone to say one theory completely eliminates the other theory, it's just plain dishonest. Right? We, may, we may hold passionately to creation, but... Basically, why do we believe creation? Okay, no, but why do, why do we believe? Why, why do we? Why do we believe creation? Pardon? No, why do we believe in creation rather than? Okay, sorry, on your say? Okay. Okay. Yeah, with the evolution side of it. Yeah, okay. Now, so here's my question to you Do we believe creation because it's provable science? Pam? It's in the Bible, but do we believe it because it's provable science? <coughs> okay, look, look at me at, at Hebrews chapter 11, right? <coughs> this, 
this, this, this point is important to us, right? Hebrews 11. Verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We believe in creation by faith. We're trusting that as God said he did it, that's exactly what he did do. Now, science is important to us. And science that will come up and say, because what happens is you have the evolutionists who say, that's rubbish. That couldn't have happened. Here's why it couldn't have happened. It's important to us that we have scientists that will say, hang on a minute, yes, of course it could have happened. Right? And they will actually create an argument that kind of fights evolution. That's important to us. Because otherwise evolution is just taking the day. But we don't believe on the basis of science. We believe by faith. And here's what happened uh, when Darwin brought out his theory. The the Bible-believing people got shaken. And what they did was they went with it for a while. Because it was science. And we didn't have any science to go against it yet. So they kind of went with it. But the Bible says, no, it's not by science, it's by faith. So that if... The evolution side of the argument brings up some new argument in the morning that looks absolutely undefeatable. It doesn't matter. God said, that's true. And we'll leave the scientists to work out the answer to it. The science is helpful to us, but it's not the basis of our faith. It can't be the basis of our faith. Our faith is we believe what God said. We believe that God created the world because he said he did. Now, the reason I make that point is because we believe by faith and evolution believes by faith. So we have to recognize, you know what I mean? <clears throat> That's the basis of it. The problem is, we may be honest and recognize that, but they won't. They're sucked into a belief where, you know, they, they, they've taken a theory, they've accepted it by faith, but they want to push creation thinking out completely and take it over with evolution thinking. Now, that's the dishonesty of humanism. It's very dishonest. Dewey was an educator. The education system has always been hugely important to humanism. They've disseminated their lies through the education system. That's the way they do it. They actually, they actually get, get it out there and, they, and they, they disseminate it. And in order for them to disseminate it, they did something really clever. I mean, <clears throat> folks, I don't know we're clever enough sometimes. I mean, we need to depend upon the Lord because I don't think we're clever enough. Here's what they did. It started off, Dewey put forward religious humanism. Right? Religious humanism was this. It was a religion. It was a faith as good as anybody else's faith, and it was going to be the new faith of the day. It was going to be the new religion rather than faith uh, of the day. So it was put forward as a, as, a, as a new religion for people to believe. Right? But, and the, the, videos that, the video that we're watching is just a clip out of one that's talking about separation of church and state in the U.S. Now, of course, in order to get religious belief out of the schools... They couldn't have religious humanism. So you know what they did? They created secular humanism. Let's dump the term religion. And um, now, secular humanism is just reason. It's thinking. It's got nothing to do with religion. Therefore, it can be in, and it's in wholesale. 
in schools, where religion can't be. Religion is, religion is just what you and I think or what you and I believe about the Bible and so on. That's, that's junk. That, that can't be accepted. But what you've got is you've got a secular faith, a secular humanism that is acceptable. And it was changed to actually make it work. But understand this, <clears throat> that humanism at its heart wants to get rid of faith like ours. It's not a live and let live idea. It wants to actually get rid. It wants to stamp it out because to their thinking, what we're, what we're putting forward uh, is a fairy tale that just becomes a crutch for people and we're actually doing them damage. It needs to be removed. And we need to be removed with it. And humanism can take anything except dogmatism. And that's why what you're finding more and more is, if you talk about the Bible, you're instantly marginalized. It's, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have your little, your little thinking there in a corner by yourself, you know, your, your little ramblings all to yourself in a corner, but don't, don't bother the rest of us with it. You know, <clears throat> so we're having a referendum on the 22nd of May. Well, don't tell us what the Bible says. Come on, that's just, that's, that's, that's ridiculous stuff. We know. We've grown. By the way, Evolution is part of this debate. I, I, I watched the thing by, um, what's Mrs. Brown? Carol is his name, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> watched the thing uh, on YouTube today, and he's putting, putting forward for the idea of, of um, <clears throat> uh, yes, in the referendum, right? And here's what he's saying. He's, he's comparing it to women getting the vote and to mixed marriages being illegal. By the way, was mixed marriage ever illegal in Ireland? I don't think it ever was, was it? You mean Protestant and Catholic? But anyway, um, what he's doing is he's putting it forward. You know, in other words, we grew up and women got the vote. And then we grew up and we took away the stigma of mixed marriage. And now we're growing up a bit more. And it's, it's all evolution. We're just getting better and better all, uh, as it goes along all, all the time. You know, but understand this, that when you stand up and say, no, God says it's wrong, and I believe it's wrong, and my vote's against it, instantly, you're, you're, you're not getting a personal reaction now. You're getting the reaction of a whole system of thinking to something that puts a spanner in the works completely. That's what you're getting. I mean, you, you, you're getting nailed for it now. And, and the thinking is so pervasive that what's happened for us is our society's swallowed it, hook, line, and sinker. So you stand up and you say something different, and you, you're going to catch it in the teeth. Anthony was telling me he caught it in the teeth last night with his, with his daughter-in-law. Um, and, and, and the venom that comes with it is not just, you know, you, you agree with one thing, and you think one thing and I think another. Let's discuss it. It's not like that. The venom that comes with it is what you're talking about is weird, it's illegal, it's damaging, it's mean, it's hurtful. What sort of a low life are you? That, that, that's, what, that's what you're catching because it goes totally against this whole system. All right? <clears throat> a couple of more here. Um, <clears throat> socialism is the ideal form of economics. Now, let's talk about this for a minute. By the way, this is part and parcel of humanism. Right? And it's part and parcel of our society today. 
right? What is socialism? Help me here. What's socialism? Anthony? It's supposed to be fair distribution of labor and goods. Okay, fair distribution of labor and goods, okay. Um, what in actuality does it turn out to be? On. <laughs> okay, let's do nothing and let the rich pay. Now, let's talk about that for a minute, right? Um, the, the idea is basically taking the money from the people who have it and spreading it around everybody else so that everybody has equal money. Yeah, it's a sister of communism. Right? Now, What's wrong with socialism? By the way, we live in a pretty socialist country. Hmm. We're not, it's not called that, but we do. What's wrong with that? I mean, I want money. I mean, if, 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 if I can get money for doing nothing, what's wrong with that? Anya. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it takes away the initiative for somebody to actually go out there and earn money. Right? <clears throat> now, basically, here's what happens, right? <clears throat> this is very simplistic. Right? What happens is you've got people that make money, right? <clears throat> they get up earlier than everybody else. They take their money and they take risks with their money. And they go to bed later than everybody else. And they get well paid for doing it. That's basically what happens, right? Now, in a socialist state, what you're going to say to the guy is you're going to say, yeah, you, 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 you keep on working there. We're for you. But when you're taking your money to the bank, we want you to stop at our door because we want two-thirds of it. Now, we'll leave you with a third of it. But we want the, the, the two-thirds of it, right? Now, what does that guy think? Hang on, I'm getting up early than everybody else. I'm taking risks. I could lose it all. And I go to bed later than everybody else. Why am I doing this? If I'm not getting paid for it. Why should I do this if I'm not getting paid for it? Why don't I just sit in my duff and wait for somebody else to make the money and give it to me? That's what communism did. And communism is a failed experiment. Right? The Russian people weren't fed. They couldn't get food. There was nothing in the shops. It's a failed experiment. It didn't work. What you had in Russia is you had a rich elite class who were the politicians and you had the rest of the people worse off than ever before. It doesn't work. It's not effective. Okay. And what happens is the people who can make money either get crooked and become politicians and get their money that way or what happens is they just give up go somewhere where they, can, where they can. Because for somebody to make money, they have to actually work hard and they have to take huge risks. You know, all businessmen don't make a lot of money. Some take risks and it fails. It's a risky business. Competition. Yeah, much easier to sit in your nest egg and not do anything about it. Right? Now, <clears throat> let's look personal in our nation. 
how this doesn't work, right? How's our, med how's our medicine system run? Our medical system. How's it run? Everyone pays a contribution for it. Okay. And then whomever needs it. Isn't that socialism? You know, we, we take more from the people that need to, that have it, and we run the medical system. Now, our medical system is, an, uh, is a postcard medical system. You know, we, we would really want the whole world to have a medical system like us, wouldn't we? Not if you're sitting on a trolley up in Tala Hospital. You don't. <clears throat> now, but, it's, but you know what? It runs very efficiently. It costs very little money to run. No, it's hugely expensive and ineffective. <clears throat> you know, what you've got is you've got a system that doesn't work. You say, well, China's kind of communist and it works there. China's a strange kind of communist, though. It's not really communist anymore. China's communist with a, with a whole lot of people making fortunes. And an economy that's booming. That's not communist anymore. It's got some tenets of communism, but what they've done is they've lifted the lid off the communism to make the economy grow, and it's worked, it's booming. Right? What you got? Socialism doesn't work. Right? You see, human beings need the idea of reward and punishment. Right? The reward is you work hard, you'll do well. And the punishment is if you sit on your rear end all day, you'll starve. That's the way that we need it. Why would you go to work if you don't have to, <clears throat> if you don't need to put bread on the table? I mean, everybody has Monday mornings. I know pastors and every Monday morning they're resigning. Every Monday morning, that's it, they're done, they're finished, they're resigning, it's over. Everybody has those days. Why would you keep on doing it? I need to. They need, you know, we, we need to keep on going. And so what happens is you keep on going and you find fulfillment in, in your work, but you have to keep on going. We need the initiative, the incentive of having to actually put bread on the table. That's important to us. Right? <clears throat> We're made that way. And socialism sucks that out of the system. It's a failed <clears throat> deal. I mean, America would be the least socialist country we know up until it, Obama came in. And Obama has done everything he possibly can to make it like Europe. That's really his idea. He wants to make it like Europe. He wants to make the medical system like Europe. I mean... <clears throat> How many of you know somebody that died because the medical system was so inept it couldn't actually see them before uh, in time? Right? Do you remember Johnny Neal? Johnny Neal died because they, they knew he had a heart problem. This is the, the, the UK medical system. They knew he had a heart problem. They sent him home. Look, you need to take it easy, sit quiet, and we'll get to you in six months. They never got to him because he died in the six months. He stood up quick one day to make tea for his wife, and he fell down dead. But they knew that. Right? You see, you know, what we've got in a socialized medical system doesn't work very well for us. And they're trying to, they're trying to tweak it and work it and move it and so on. The whole, the whole system's wrong. The whole system's messed up. Right? You see, the socialism that we've got in this country has been tried elsewhere and failed, and yet we're going headlong into it. It's going to work for us. And if Sinn Féin get in, they will introduce not socialism, but communism, if they have the, the ability to do it. That's, what they had, that's where they're headed. 
right? And I, I, they will appeal to you until uh, the cows come home uh, by the, with the idea, we'll make you better off. They won't make anybody better off. Communism doesn't make anybody better off. What they'll do is they'll take and they will, <clears throat> they will suck uh, the grit out of the system, right? <clears throat> now, that's where we're at. That, that, that's the society we're in. <clears throat> and then all mankind deserves to share in the fruits uh, from following these tenets, right? So <clears throat> these things are real. They are happening. And let me read a couple of things, and our time is gone. Um, <clears throat> Let me just read you a couple of comments here, and then, then we're, this is the ism of our age. This is where we are. We are in humanism. And if you actually think about it, you can apply those tenets in a whole bunch of areas around you. Uh, he, <clears throat> humanism says this, we hold that the universe exists for no purpose. We are the result of a blind and random process that does not necessitate any kind of meaning. Now, that's not a joke. That's what they believe. Right? Um, life is only worth living if we ourselves make it worthwhile and enjoyable. We maintain that no objective or universal value exists. A person may be moral if he or she creates a system of values and lives according to them. We maintain that no one is obligated to be moral. Obviously, if no moral absolute exists, you can't demonstrate that anything is wrong or evil. Thus, in a humanist society, no one can really judge or condemn the choices or actions of others. That's where we are. Right? Now, let me just give you a couple of, a couple of the things that, that are happening. Why has there been such a spike in suicide in the last few decades? No God, no hope. No God, no hope. You know, it, and life doesn't mean anything. And my life has got no more meaning than whether I'm happy today. And guess what? I'm not happy today, so you know what? I might as well just end it all and go back into the dust because it doesn't count. There's no, there's no more to it. What about euthanasia? I mean, we're, we're dealing with that case there, uh, that woman got off. What about euthanasia? Hey, you know what? I'm not happy. My life's not giving me any jollies. I think it's time to go. You know, <clears throat> assisted suicide. What about when they get to the place where, <clears throat> like the captain in the boat, and, and by the way, there are plans afoot in our society, you know, where there's too many people on the planet and we need to get some of them off. Right? We, 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 we have a human call. I mean, that, that's out there. Right? Now, if human life doesn't mean anything, and you being removed makes my life better, what's wrong with that? Survival of the fittest. But that's where it's all going. And if you have survival of the fittest, what you have then is you have the best people going forward. You know, so what we've got is a system that is completely bankrupt and it's in the thinking of people. Now, let me say one last thing in the brief and then we're done. Now, humanism impacted Christianity. You had two, two groups. In Christianity, when you had the liberals, and the liberals brought it all hook, line, and sinker, and here's what they said: "There's no God. We can't be sure there is a God. We can't be sure how the Bible is true. But you know what? Living a Christian life is a good way. We'll help you be the best Jew you can possibly be. And so you follow along. You come to church every Sunday, and we'll give you nice stories and, and try and help you to be the best Jew you, you can possibly be. And um, but we're not sure about God, heaven, or hell. But as long as you're here, 
We'll do our best to make you happy. And um, you keep on going, keep on being a Christian. Right? Unitarians, if you were to look at the signatures uh, on that deal, it's amazing the number of Unitarians that signed it. Because that's what they believe. Unitarians means um, basically don't believe in God at all. Right? Okay? Um, but it, there, was a, there was a breakaway group. Fundamentalism. And fundamentalism decided, no, 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 no. God is. Jesus Christ was born. He paid for our sins with his blood. And uh, it laid out the fundamentals. And, and we're going to live and die on them. But a subtle shift happening, happened in fundamentalism. And here's what came about. We came about to, the, to actually seeing man as being the center and God in the background. Do you ever take a photograph? And in the photograph you have two people. One is in front of the other. And whichever one you focus on blurs the other. That's what happened. We focused on man. And God got blurred. He's still there. But he got blurred. And Christianity, as we know it today, is very much about man. We preach the gospel because we want man to get saved. You know, we, we do right because we want to be happy. And what's happened for us is, God's gotten out of focus and man is in focus. No, we do these things because God says. And you know what happens? Then we're happy. But the purpose for doing them is not to be happy. The purpose for doing them is because God says. You're back to your absolutes again. You're back to your truth where, listen, thus said the Lord. And we do it because thus said the Lord. And that's when life works. And that's what life is supposed to be. You see, here's the reality. The reality is you and I are not the important part of the equation. God is. Our lives belong to him. We need to be in a place where we do whatever he wants us to do. We need to live for him, not the other way around. All right? Now, we're done. Let's have a word of prayer, and then I'll take a prayer request. Any questions? Real quick, though, before, before we go. It's quarter past eight, so time is running out. All right, Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for these people. And Lord, Lord, we do ask you to bless us, Lord. Help us uh, to discern truth, Lord, in a dark age. And Lord, we're being bombarded by these lies so often, Lord. Help us to see in our lives and in our minds where they've taken root and to reject them and pull them out. And bless the Spirit of the living God. We do ask that you would have the victory in our lives and that we might glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen.